0: Breaking through in football in the Big 12 is actually more attainable than you might realize. I'll explain why. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day, free and available where you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. You can follow it to get an alert every time that we drop a new episode. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So breaking through in the Big 12 in football is actually going to be more attainable than you might realize. I'm not saying that breakthrough is going to happen in year one. It's going to be very difficult with Oklahoma and Texas still in the Big 12. And the idea that Oklahoma is going to be better this year, the idea that Texas is going to still be really good, combine that with Kansas State, the reigning Big 12 champions, TCU, combine that with maybe an improved Baylor team. It's going to be very, very difficult for the Bearcats to break through this year in a 14-team Power 5 league that is going to be much different than what they experienced the last 10 years in the American. But I also think about once Oklahoma and Texas leave, so year two, and this is what's really interesting to me. When Oklahoma and Texas leave, the new ones, the new programs, BYU, UCF, and Houston, The new programs coming in besides Cincinnati have only three combined championships in the last 10 years. The Bearcats have three. And by championships, I mean conference championships. Houston won it in 2015. UCF has won two. I'm sorry. UCF has won four. No. Yeah. No. Three. My bad. So Houston won one. UCF won three. And BYU didn't win any. Okay, so it's four combined championships because UCF won it. In 2013, in the American. So three for UCF, one for Houston. Actually, no, it'd be two for Houston. So five. Five conference championships. The Bearcats have three themselves. Houston won it in 2014. They shared it with Cincinnati and Memphis. When Oklahoma and Texas leave, the remaining teams in the Big 12, who have been there since 1996, will have eight conference championships combined. Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU will bring, what do we figure out? 3, 2, and 3. They'll bring 8 conference championships in the past 10 years. So that's the same number of conference championships that the Big 12 has had besides Oklahoma and Texas since 1996. 1996! And that's what's standing out to me here. Is that the Bearcats are going to bring a championship caliber program to the Big 12. And the other programs, Iowa State, who's never won a Big 12 championship. West Virginia, who's never won one. You've got Texas Tech. Baylor, they have won multiple conference championships. Kansas hasn't won one. Kansas State won this year there is going to be opportunity to break through and win a conference championship. I'm not saying this year. Because Oklahoma is going to be ideally better. And then you've got, what do you have? Um, Texas, they could be good this year. The point is this. It is going to be attainable for a breakthrough in year two. And when you think about the Big 12 and you think about the lack of parity that is existing in college football, the Big 12 has a lot of parity. Because we are seeing different teams win the championship. Oklahoma won the Big 12 in 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 and 20. 6 straight years until 2021 when Baylor and Oklahoma State played in the Big 12 title game. This past year was Kansas State and TCU. This year could be two different teams. Again, when you look at the when you look at the the six major conferences in college football, the SEC, the Power Five, plus the American. I'll, I'll throw the American in there because they were power, they power Six campaigned for a long time. But the SEC in the last 10 years has four teams who won the conference. The ACC is three. Big Ten, Pac, Big Ten and Big 12 have four. Pac-12 is five. AAC had seven. So what we're seeing is the Big 12 does have some... Parity more so than other conferences. And I do think, given that there are only three teams who will be in the Big 12 after Oklahoma and Texas leave, who have won championships, the opportunity is going to be there for the new teams to break through. This year, again, it may not be that way because there are 14 teams In the Big 12 next year. Two conference championship spots. 14 teams. Do the math. It's not very high. But. That's eventually going to be 12. And given what the Bearcats did in the AAC. And to some degree. When they were in the Big East. When they won four conference championships in a span of five years. And they were in the Big East for eight seasons. And they came away with four conference championships. Which is really good. By the time Oklahoma and Texas leave, I think that's when you can start thinking about a conference championship game appearance. Not so much this year, but more so next season. But maybe this year they surprise you. I mean, just and, and here's the other thing. There is an expectation for this program to win championships, the Bearcats. But there's also that thought that, you know what? Maybe if they go nine and three or ten and two, miss the championship game, they could still end up, excuse me, in a New Year Six Bowl. Possibly. We'll find that out. But what I do know is the breakthrough for basketball is going to be even more attainable. I'll explain why after I explain to you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sports. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point scores and threes... I'm sorry, to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net next Monday night in Houston, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use, so don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first, but up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash lockdown to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. What a great Final Four this is going to be this weekend. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, and then Miami, Florida versus UConn. Uh, This is the most unique Final Four probably ever, I think. Maybe ever. 2011 was unique, too, because it had VCU, Butler, Kentucky, and UConn. Kentucky and UConn are name brand programs. So, So, really, it's the most unique Final Four that I've seen. Anyway. Speaking of college basketball, look at the parity that there is in basketball. You know, you look at college football, and since the playoff came around, you pretty much have the same teams in the playoff year after year. Georgia and Michigan have been each the last two years. Georgia's won each of the last two years. And you've got Clemson, who made it six straight years. Ohio State, who's made it in 14, 16, 19, 20, and 22. They've been five times. Uh, uh, Alabama's been every year but twice. So, this is the reality of college basketball. Look at your final four. You've only had three teams three teams go in back-to-back years in the last ten final fours. North Carolina, Wisconsin and Kentucky. That's it. Michigan State hasn't done it. Gonzaga hasn't done it. Duke hasn't done it. Villanova never did it in the last 10 years. Only three teams who have done it. No team has repeated as national champions. Only one team, as of now, has won multiple national championships in the last 10 years, and that's Villanova, UConn, could join them, and I think, spoiler alert, they will. And since the automatic berth goes to the team who wins its conference tournament, all right, let's look at the Big 12 tournament. First Big 12 tournament was in 1997. Seven different teams have won it since then. Five of those teams are going to remain in the Big 12 once Oklahoma and Texas depart. Three different teams of those five have won it since 2013. Kansas, Iowa State, and I'm blanking on the other one, but the point is, the point is this. As we've seen in the Big 12, and as we saw this year, of the eight quarterfinal teams, seven made the NCAA tournament. If you make it to the quarterfinals, there's a good chance you could make it to the NCAA tournament. Now, keep in mind, next year, there's going to be 14 teams. So how that's going to work is it's going to be very, very similar. It's going to be identical to the ACC tournament. You're going to have 11-14 and 14 and 12-13 matchups on that Tuesday, which is going to make things really interesting. And then you're going to have, it's also identical to the Big Ten, you're going to have your second round matchups on Wednesday. So that would be 5-8. through eight. 8 would play 9, 7 would play 10, 6 would play 11 or 14, 5 would play 12 or 13. Then they move on to the quarterfinals that Thursday. So you might have to win two games to get to the quarterfinals. Could the Bearcats finish higher than 11th, so they only have to win four games in four days? Sure. Do I think that's going to happen? I don't know. Landers Nolly, breaking news yesterday, announced that he was going to declare for the NBA draft while maintaining his collegiate eligibility. I think that there is a slightly leaning towards him coming back. I think he could find... He could find a home in the NBA, but I also think he's got maybe one more year left in him with the Bearcats, especially playing at the Big 12. You could find a way to boost your stock, maybe towards even a lottery pick next year. The Big 12 is so strong that so long as you don't sputter, you're going to have a chance. The worst team in the Big 12 this year. So Oklahoma and Texas Tech were the worst teams in the Big 12. And they still finished 5-13 in conference play. Texas Tech was playing for their NCAA tournament lives all season. Is 5-13 attainable in the Big 12 next year for the Bearcats? Ask yourself that question. I think it is. Without knowing about the other 13 teams, is that attainable? 5-13. and 13. Should be. All right, coming up, the Final Four is set. I'll share my thoughts from another chaotic weekend in the Sweet 16 and Elite A, plus something Mike Resco said at the AAC tournament just a few weeks ago that actually makes sense now. We'll get into that after we hear from two of our sponsors. All right, so what a, a another truly fantastic weekend in the – Sweet 16 in the Elite Eight, a lot of great games, a lot of thrilling finishes. The Elite Eight this past weekend was fantastic. How about three lower-seeded teams won? The only higher-seeded team that won in an Elite Eight matchup this weekend was San Diego State. Excuse me. So, to me, is this... Okay, this is the... um this is the statement from Mike Resco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. And this was right before the this was right before the AAC tournament started. And it goes it says this. In recent weeks I have seen references to the Power 5 in interviews and public conversations which suggest that the P5 is all that matters in college athletics. This is profoundly misguided, especially in the current environment. As it now stands in terms of competitiveness, the gap between the number two and three conferences is far greater than between the number three conference and the American. There are P5 conferences that have lost the marquee teams, which gave them that status in the first place, and whose value today is much harder to define. There are P5 conferences that have added multiple teams from the American and other conferences among this group, that have discussed adding schools from our conference. If the P5 label means that you are vastly different, why is this so? Five American Athletic Conference schools were once BCS or Southwest Conference teams. If the difference is so vast, why does the American have four New Year's Day football wins over top 10 teams and dozens of regular season football wins against the labeled P5? If the gap is so vast, how could the American have won a national championship in men's basketball and three national championships in women's basketball? How could the American have been to a Final Four, a Elite Eight, multiple Sweet Sixteens, and have had a college football playoff team? How could the American currently be home to the number one men's basketball team in the country at this moment in history, separating conferences with the so-called Power Five moniker lacks meaning in the context of competitiveness? I'll stop right there to add this. He is right. And you look at it from a basketball perspective. And the American next year, I don't know if you guys Remember this or forgot about this? But Florida Atlantic is going to join them. Well, Florida Atlantic's going to the Final Four this year, so they, so the American is getting a Final Four program. And in basketball, where there's so much parity, the problem with this is, and Mike Resca doesn't mention this, but we all know it's true. Football is what defines collegiate athletics. Football drives it, and unfortunately, the American now that they're losing these marquee programs, they simply aren't going to have the programs for it to compete with the Power Five conferences. And that does suck. And that's why the college football playoff is expanding. Because eventually you're going to have the five Power Five champions plus the highest ranked group of five champion. I still think that that needs to be adjusted, but okay. But what he's saying is, that yes, there is the power five and it does exist, but that there is more parity in the sport of college basketball than you might realize. And that the American only getting two teams into the tournament this year was to a degree. I, I didn't think that was right. I thought Cincinnati was a tournament team in terms of their record, maybe in terms of their Quad one wins, strength of schedule, Ken Palm rankings, maybe they weren't. But if you put them in the Big 12, I, I think they would have found a way in. They won 20 games in the regular season. They won 20 games. I mean, you look at the Big 12 this year. And again, the worst team was Texas Tech, who won 5-13 and 13 in conference play and was still playing for their NCAA tournament lives come the start of the tournament. Same too with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So at the end of the day, he is right. There is so much parity within the sport. And you look at this year's Final Four. Look at this year's Elite Eight. You only had, I think, three Power Five teams in your Elite Eight. Miami, Florida, Texas, and Kansas State. And only one of those made it to the Final Four. Your Final Four is three non-Power Five teams, unless you want to consider the Big East a power conference, which I've always considered it. Given, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine on Sunday night after the Elite Eight. Given that it is a major conference and it was the best conference in the country when it was its original in, in its original form, but I think about, I think about how every Final Four since or everyone but, like, one since 2016 has had a participant from a non-Power 5 conference. Villanova, Gonzaga, Loyola Chicago, Houston, and now this year. Conference USA is in the Final Four for the first time since 2008. Mountain West for the first time ever. Big East. They're no stranger to the Final Four and the ACC in the Final Four for the second straight year. And a program not named Duke, North Carolina, or Virginia. First time that's happened, excuse me, since I believe, geez, I I don't even remember the last time that happened. I think it was 2000. That's interesting to think about. I think it was two, Jeez, Now I'm trying to think about this one. It might be 2004 in Georgia Tech. Wow. Um, anyway, that, that, that the rest of that statement, Resco says, it is troubling to see media manufactured labels confirmed by college sports leadership, which do not reflect the reality of college sports going forward. This creates a divide of five. That should not exist and creates harmful effects. Documents have recently come to light that describe a P5 legislative initiative around NIL that has not been shared with the wider membership. This is not a healthy approach. As such, an initiative should be a collaborative effort among the wider Division I membership, including all FDS conferences. Those five, These five conferences do not speak for all college athletics. The Power Five and Group of Five labels should be discarded and confined to the dustbin of collegiate history. There are ten FBS conferences, some more successful than others, but all sharing similar goals, experiencing similar challenges, and competing successfully against each other. Again, in basketball, this is this makes sense. In football, it does not. And unfortunately, for Mike Oresco and for all the other conference commissioners, especially those of the Mountain West, the Sun Belt, the Mid-American, and uh, I'm blanking on the other one, Conference USA, and then. You add in the West Coast, you add in the Big East, you add in the A-10, you add in the Missouri Valley, those conferences. Unfortunately, this is the reality of collegiate athletics. And it's TV money. It's a lot of things. And, and unfortunately, the, and like some of these, now the West Coast has been around for a while, and I consider it a major college basketball conference. It, it has great basketball every year. But at the end of the day, Oresco is correct in what he's saying, but unfortunately, it only applies to basketball. Now, look at Florida Atlantic. Right? They've only lost three games all season. They're 35 and 3. 35 and 3 in the Final Four for the first time in school history. Prior to this season, they hadn't even won a tournament game. I can say that I was at their first two tournament wins. And I look at this team. And I think the thought that I think the thought was there after their win over Fairleigh Dickinson that they were only in the Sweet 16 because of that. Well, okay, they beat Tennessee, who I thought was destined to go to the Final Four, and they beat Kansas State, who, if you watch Marquise Noel against Michigan State. You would have thought he was Chris Paul. At the end of the day, guys, FAU is a damn good team. They deserve to be in the Final Four. The NCAA tournament is for everybody. It's for every team. Fairleigh Dickinson, FAU, San Diego State, Creighton. Name any other team. No longer is it that your top four seeds in each conference get to the the Sweet 16. That's no longer how it works. The way it works is, are you the best team on that given day? And can you be the best team on that given day for six straight given days? FAU's done it for four. But what's really interesting is, if they had lost their conference tournament championship, they may not have made the tournament. That's how much pressure there is in conference tournaments. And if you think that an 8-9 matchup in the Northeast Conference on March 1st doesn't matter, think again. Holy Cross was an eight seed one year, and they made the tournament. And they won their conference tournament. Penn State was a ten seed. And yes, they were trending towards an at-large bid. They got it. But they almost won their conference tournament. Okay? You want to say that, I remember this was 2020, I think. Wyoming as an 11 seed in the Mountain West made it, I I, I still got to know this here. Um, they made it all the way to the, I believe the, semifinals of the Mountain West unless the 2020 tournament didn't exist i'm looking to see so wyoming was an 11 seed yeah they made it all the way to the semifinals they beat colorado state they beat nevada and then they beat and then they lost to Utah State by seven in the semifinals. It's an eleven seed. Their regular season record was nine and twenty-four, two and sixteen in the Mountain West, two and sixteen. And yet, there they were on that Friday night in Vegas, playing for a shot to play in the Mountain West Championship game. At the end of the day. The end of the day. There is parity in college basketball. Tournaments matter. The first round of the ACC tournament matters. The First round of the Big Ten tournament matters. Ohio State won three games in the Big Ten tournament. What Florida Atlantic proves is they had to win their conference tournament to get in. They did. And then every other game matters. Another thing that stands out to me is this. So in 2020, San Diego State was fifth in the country. And they lost in the Mountain West Championship game to Utah State. Their only other loss that season was to UNLV. San Diego State went 30-2 and that year. Maybe would have gotten a number one seed. Them and Dayton. What I remember about 2020 was how much parity there was in the sport and how that tournament was potentially going to be the wildest tournament in history. I think we can say that this year has given us that what we were hoping to have three years ago. And that is, and I think that that is what I'm most excited about. This is what we were going to get in 2020, and we have it. Three mid-major programs in the, or I guess, I mean, UConn's a major program, but three non-power five teams in the final four. Upsets all over the place. Brackets busted everywhere. And for San Diego State, their dream season cut short in 2020. And then, you know, I think about Malachi Flynn, I think about Brian Dutcher. And getting this program and this team and that fan base that right now only has the Padres outside of them. This is big for San Diego. I think about Miami, Florida, and Jim Laronega. You know, in a conference that has been dominated over the years by Coach K, Roy Williams, and Tony Bennett, Coach K, uh, Jim Laronega has quietly been leading. Excuse me, a really good Miami program. Now to the Final Four. UConn is back. Great to see them. Dan Hurley has done an excellent job with that program. And and what's interesting to me is UConn has been trending in the right direction since since we got out of COVID. There are teams who came out on the wrong side of COVID, and then there are teams that came out on the right side of COVID. UConn has flourished every year since COVID, and ever since they moved back to the Big East, because they knew that was where they belonged, that was where they could compete, and they did. In three years back in the Big East, they've been to three NCAA tournaments and now one Final Four, and they should be the favorites to win the national championship. So that's where I that 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 those are my thoughts on this year's. Final Four. I mean, the first game in the Final Four is Conference USA versus Mountain West. I mean, just let that sink in for a minute, and that one of those teams is going to play for a national mm-hmm. championship, and also has it as it, it has the feeling hit you that this is Jim Nance's last Final Four. I don't think it's hit me yet. It's gonna be sad when he goes. That is going to do it for me today here on Lockdown Bearcats. Hoping to have potentially Justin Williams on this show tomorrow as we continue to talk spring practice about what the Bearcats need to do this offseason on the basketball front. So much more to get to this week. Russ Hellman and I have a live room later this week. Big week for Cincinnati opening day. Looking forward to that. And thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out our brand-new podcast, Locked On College Basketball experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Also, efforting Katrina Merriweather, the new women's head basketball coach as well. For Locked On Bearcats, my name is Alex Frank. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. Instagram, Franknet underscore and email alex3frank at gmail.com. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll be back tomorrow right here on Lockdown Bearcats.